0: Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. We had a bye week last week. The Lions needed it. And really, the bye week may have been a three or four point favorite over the Detroit Lions. We are still not sure about that. But nonetheless, the Lions go into this post-bye week season at 1-3. And a lot of us thought perhaps 0-4 after the first two games, but... A victory over the Cardinals proved us otherwise. Nonetheless, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. As you can tell, wasn't able to quite find a guest for the Apple recording, so I'm recording myself over the Locker Room Beta app. If you're listening on Locker Room right now, of course, as always, open discussion, open phones, you can join the show as well. Lions-Jags preview. The Jags, of course, are not faring much better than my Detroit Lions. Yes, Gardner Minshew is their starting quarterback. And yes, it may or may not be true that he may have contracted COVID, but COVID had to quarantine for two weeks. Not Minshew. Oh, no. COVID had to quarantine for two weeks over Gardner Minshew. Nonetheless, these two teams for the first time in four years square off against one another. Detroit! Is a three-point favorite. The Jags fall one and four. Let us look at a few stats here to start this program. Matthew Stafford comes in 83 of 137 with 1,017 yards, eight touchdowns, three picks. Gardner Minshew has more yards but more picks. 137 of 196 for 1,439. 10 touchdowns, and 4 picks. Rob, James Robinson is their leading rusher, as well as Chris Thompson. They have both kind of split carries in the backfield. And because of the injury to D.J. Chark a couple of weeks ago, a rookie wide receiver leads the pack for the Jags. That is LaVishka Chanel Jr., 23 for 270 and a touchdown. The surprising stat here: the leader in receiving yards in the clubhouse right now is not Marvin Jones. Is not um, Kenny Galladay. Had to think about it there for a second. It is not Kenny Galladay either. It is T.J. Hawkinson. 15 receptions for 180 yards and two scores. Of course, James Robinson leads the pack for the Jags. In the running game, 73 carries with 333 and three scores. Adrian Peterson, not too much of a surprise, leading the Lions carry with 54 carries, 245 yards, and one touchdown. So there's a look at your leading stats right now in the clubhouse for both these teams. As you can see, two wins combined between both. Not looking good for either side. Tim Twentyman, though, had a very interesting point yesterday. And, of course, from other Lions fans, I was at least attempted to be led astray because, of course, we know how the Lions have, do- have fared in the past few seasons. And that is, Tim Twentyman had tweeted, Interesting from NFL Media Research, Lions the only team in the NFL that has played all their games against teams currently with winning records. Arizona, which they defeated, at 3-2. Chicago at 4-1. Green Bay, of course Alex Strove's team, at 4-0. And New Orleans at 3-2. Get this. Six of the Lions' next seven games come against teams that are currently with losing records. One of them, of course, is the Jacksonville Jaguars that they are facing this Sunday. And I had retweeted that and said, Season maybe not over yet. The maybe in asterisks as more of a pseudo-sarcastic type of tweet, but still possible. If the Lions do defeat the six of seven teams with losing records, Alex Strofe says, oh boy, streak time. Sounds like it. The Lions could end up just seven and four, which would be quite a turnaround after the start of this season. So season, quote-unquote, maybe not over yet. Of course, I was led astray by two fellow followers on the TV 23 Twitter, Jordan Bennett, of course, longtime Garber friend of mine, get um, texted me the Shaq gift. No, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it! And Eric Rutter, who used to work for the Huron Daily Tribune here in Huron County in the Thumb, now works for Wolverine Digest part of SI Now, says, Don't do it to yourself. To which I had retweeted. I'll continue this conversation. Hence why I said, maybe. Said it last year, and on this Apple program as well, I had said it, shortly after I began at the radio station. Said it last year, and will repeat it this time. If the Lions, hashtag one pride, does not beat hashtag Washington football or the WFT, Washington football team, they will not win another game after that. It read true last year. It was true last year. It reads the same today. Despite Washington maybe being a step or two better than they were under Jay Gruden, but still quite a ways back. And Detroit's defense... Unfortunately acting like the um, cheese grater that I hoped that the Packers would be this season. But, of course, dreams are dreams. They don't necessarily always come true. Sometimes dreams turn into nightmares. And sometimes people's dreams are other people's nightmares. Like Aaron Rodgers is Alex Strofe's dream and my nightmare. It's the truth. It's, it's, it's the truth. So, if Detroit doesn't beat Washington, they will not win another game after that. Eric Rutter responds, it reads like a very optimistic maybe, lol. And then to which I retweeted, One can only hope. Been that way since 1957, but one can only hope. To which Eric responds, I'm not sure. At this point, I think Patricia has to go, so I'm kind of rooting for his ousting via more losses. Ship Stafford to Dallas, blow it all up, and start over. To which I responded, which turned out to be the end of the conversation as Eric hit like on it, uh, it's pretty inevitable TBH. Not sure on Stafford getting traded. It'd have to be something irrefutable for it to happen. But the 2017 team would have a field day with this team. That was my words, not his. And 9-7 and seven was, quote-unquote, not good enough. So, some friendly banter between fellow Lions fans to begin this Lions-Jags preview, as it seems to be the truth, unfortunately, that the writing may very well be on the wall for Matty P. Matt Patricia. If somehow they can pull off a street like Tim Twentyman, I wouldn't say is necessarily suggesting, but is hinting at... That could potentially save Patricia's job. Yes, I realized that I had said, and I may not have said it on this program, but I had said it at least to people, at least in coworkers or earlier. That this year is a forgivable year because of all the COVID crap. Let's not. Let's be frank here. But if your team looks as bad defensively as Detroit does, then that's unforgivable. It has to get better, and it has to get better now. Or else we're going to see a huge overhaul like our friend from Wolverine Digest, Eric Rutter, is perhaps suggesting. It's just a matter of fact. Detroit is not good right now. In fact, no Detroit team is really good right now. The Tigers looked decent. They won 24 games, I believe, which out of 58... I had predicted to start the season that the Tigers would win 70 games out of 162. It came out about proportionally correct. So Detroit, the Detroit Tigers, at least, looked to be in a spot where I kind of thought they, they would be. However, the Lions are certainly not in a spot where I thought they would be, and I, I had hoped. I thought that perhaps we would be 2-2 two and two at least coming into this bye. Coming off of this bye, Actually. But no, that is not the case. One in three, and it's kind of a lucky one in three, to be frankly honest. Honesty is the best policy here at the Tom Green headquarters, TGHQ. And we brought you the the brunt honestness of the situation where the Detroit Lions stand right now in the first ten minutes of this program. If you're listening live on Locker Room... You're hearing me rant about my sorrows about the Detroit Lions. If you're listening over Apple, I've already done it, and it's out to the public. So, congratulations, you get to hear me cry about the Lions for 30 minutes. But hey, my show, I do as I please. At least to try to attract listeners, that is. (laughs) So, moving to the game preview. As I do with every Apple podcast, I present to you three keys for both teams to perhaps get through with a victory. Game is at Jacksonville. I still call it Everbank Field because it's it the name rings a little bit better than TIAA Bank Field, but to each their own, I guess. So the three keys for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game at home at Everbank Field. I believe fans are allowed at this game. I think it's 25% capacity. So this will be the first time that the Lions will be playing in front of fans this season. Unfortunately, I have a slight a, um, superstitious feeling that we are not going to see fans at Ford Field. And because our resident Packerite, as we call him, Alex Strofe, is listening, I don't think we're going to see any fans at Lambeau Field either. Probably not at Soldier Field. Maybe U.S. Bank. Maybe U.S. Bank Stadium. But that's even a stretch. So, if Detroit's going to get fans in the stands, it's going to be an away game. So, that's going to be my first key for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game, is feed off the crowd. Feed off the crowd energy. Because... The NFC North is not going to have this crowd energy. And the AFC South gets the opportunity to play the NFC North this year. So feed off the crowd's energy, as little of a crowd as this may be. Two, win the turnover battle. Detroit, defensively, does not get takeaways. Really a whole lot. They got three against Kyler Murray, and they won that turnover game. But that's the only, really the only three turnovers we've really heard about this season. So, win the turnover game, feed off the crowd, and hashtag Minshew mania. Uh, Get those passes in to Shanault. Chenault. Uh, I believe James O'Shaughnessy is still on the team. Get the passes to him as well. Minshew can run a little bit. And, of course, you have the two-headed monster, and that's a quote-unquote monster, of James Robinson and Chris Thompson. So, utilize your strengths, and it looks like this game could be won over Detroit. Stafford is 2-0 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. In fact, I believe that's the only team he remains undefeated against. And I have a strange feeling that that streak is going to end. Yes, it's a small sampling size because interconference play. But this team, and I had said it to um, Paige DeMakos from the draft uh, network, TDN. I guess Zoidberg was right. This team is bad, and I feel bad. Unfortunately, that's the case. This preview has been me ranting about how bad our team is, but I, if they are listening, and if any professional scout from the Lions is listening, I hope to God I'm wrong. I really, really do. Don't think that I'm making this bad banter and thinking, oh, this team is bad, and I feel bad, etc., and not rooting for me to be wrong. Because that's the truth. I really do hope I'm wrong, and I hope they win this game. I hope they do go on the winning streak, that Tim Twentyman could be hinting at. But realistically, I just don't see it happening. I just don't. Nonetheless, three keys for the Detroit Lions to win this game over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, believe it or not, there are three keys that this can happen. One is, I hinted it for the Jags, and I'll do it for Detroit as well, win the turnover game. The Lions have won the turnover game once this season. They have won one game. So that's kind of a big key to defeating any team, is by winning the turnover game. Patricia's defense is very susceptible to giving up points. We saw it in New England, and sadly we are seeing it in Detroit. But the the X factor of getting rid of giving up points is winning turnover battles. Uh, we we have to win the turnover battle or else we probably may not even have a chance in this game. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but winning the turnover battle is key. The Jaguars' defense is not the defense that we saw in 2017 with Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Miles Jack, uh, who else, Jalen Ramsey, and that. Core, to which that defense, the Jags defense of 2017. Fun fact: I was in an auto draft because I couldn't make a draft due to work in the um, one of my, which is now my Dynasty League, but it was a regular one-year league back then. I was drafted the Jacksonville Jaguars defense as a joke because I was still at work. I was stuck at work, couldn't make the. Recliner League draft. That's what that's what the league is called, the recliner quarterback league. Yes, you can laugh. It's funny. I'm funny. I know. Nonetheless, I was drafted the Jags defense in 2017 as a joke. And guess what? They were the second best defense in the entire NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong back in 2017. I believe the Seattle Seahawks were still better that year. I think that was the year. After that, then the LLB became no more and the defense became more susceptible there. But the Jags' defense is not the defense that it was in 2017 with Ngakwe, Jack, Ramsey, um, Pazlezny. Pazlezny, I believe, was an offensive lineman, not uh, not a defensive lineman. But nonetheless, the Jags' defense is not that of 2017. They are susceptible to giving up points. Stafford and the offense has to take advantage of it. If they don't, bad news is going to happen. So, we have win the turnover game. We have penetrate Jacksonville's defense. And sack Gardner Minshew. Get to Minshew. This Detroit defense has done a terrible job at getting to the quarterback. Have we seen in the past three years and I do ask this to my locker room followers as well as the Apple followers. Have we seen the Detroit Lions sack or even get close or even put a hit on Aaron Rodgers in the last three years? Now, I do realize that Rodgers is far and away above Gardner Minshew. I get it. But I'm talking about the offensive line and line penetration. Have we seen the of the defensive line get close to any quarterback besides Kyler Murray this season? The answer to that is no. Rodgers had all day to throw. Murray has a an offensive line that's about as bad as we think Detroit's is, but Detroit's is, is better this year. That's one thing that the Lions have done well this season, is that the offensive line has not been the problem that has persisted in Detroit the past five seasons, five seasons plus, the offensive line has gotten better. So that's one thing that has improved with this team. The rest has regressed. Again, 9-7 and seven wasn't good enough. Hmm, it's starting to look pretty good now. If we hit that spot now, we might be in a pretty decent spot. But nonetheless, it's a thing to think about for those listening either over locker room or over Apple is have we seen this Lions defense penetrate the quarterback? Oh and by the way, since I'm think I'm it's it's on it's in my head right now, and the locker room followers will get this more than the Apple followers, however, we are approaching Halloween. Candy corn is trash. Had to say it. How to eat candy corn? Put it in the trash. Just throw it in the trash. It really has no existence around. At least around. Candy corn and there and there's another thing you can think about is social distancing. Think me and candy corn. If I'm six, if I'm within six feet of candy corn, that's bad. Because candy corn is bad. Social distancing. Just had to throw that out there. Reese's, Nestle Crunch, Snickers, Twix. Peanut butter Twix especially, but Twix. Those are the top, those are the TGPI, Tom Green Power Index, Halloween candy rankings. Candy corn is no. Just how to eat candy corn, throw it in the trash. Just no. 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 No candy corn. Please. It may have been a food group. From Buddy the Elf. Candy Corn is awesome, says Howard Akumia. Of course, to each their own. Candy Corns may have been a food group, according to Buddy the Elf, in the movie Elf. Great movie, if you haven't watched it. After Thanksgiving, now that's another thing, no Christmas stuff till after Thanksgiving. Just saying. Elf is an awesome movie. Check that out. He may have described Candy Corn as a food group, but believe me, Candy Corn equals trash. Lions defense, sadly, right now, and I hope they prove me wrong, equals trash. It's sad, but it's the reality of the situation. But yes, Halloween candy in the Lions-Jags preview because we are in the second half of October. I keep getting requests for Monster Mash at the radio station. And, of course, I am very cordial to the caller that does that. They're not trying to call out the caller on this show because that wouldn't be, wouldn't be proper of me, but at least not until the second half of the month on Halloween stuff. At least in the grocery stores, which I worked at one for six years. At least let me watch a football game before you put out Halloween stuff. Thank you very much. Which we have gotten that feeling, so fine. Halloween stuff, totally okay. Now, but yes, Halloween rant there on this scary edition of Lions Jags because the team that I am I am rooting for and breaking down scares me, and that is the Detroit Lions. So yes, <laughs> a little Halloween candy break there. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar, certainly that. Would, that's another, good, that's another good good, candy for the TGPI, Tom Green Power Index. And that's another thing you guys at Locker Room have learned, is that um, we have TGHQ, which is Tom Green Headquarters, and the TGPI, which is the Tom Green Power Index. I like to put my brand out there. License plate on the car is TomTV23. So believe me, I've had this brand name going for a while, and hopefully it gets trademarked at some point. Watch out. You never know. Uh, Besides the point, back to Lions-Jags. Game preview. How do I see this game going? The Lions usually win a game that they shouldn't, and they lose a game that they shouldn't. Detroit, I believe, for the first time this season is favored in a game. They are favored by three over the Jags. And sadly, I think that this is the game that they lose that they shouldn't. I mean, if you think about it, Detroit has a better wide receiving core of Jones and Galladay versus Chenault and good golly, I forget. Uh, Chris Conley, I think, is still on that team. Tight end situation. Yes, TJ Hawkinson has gotten a lot of flack, but I think he gets... He's a little bit better than James O'Shaughnessy. In fact, for those listening, fun little drinking game I had with um, one of my buddies of a different fantasy league is every time that James O'Shaughnessy got a catch, you do a shot of Jameson because it was few and far between that James O'Shaughnessy got catches. So that's a fun little drinking game for you if you decide to watch this game which I will be. Will you be participating in said game? Not sure. But something to think about. Every time James O'Shaughnessy catches a pass, shot at Jamison. We'll see how interesting that goes. If you do decide to play that game, let me know how that goes at TomTV23 at TomGreenPod as well. But yes, I think that the offensive core, I think Detroit's offensive core is better than Jacksonville's, but the defense, I, even though Jacksonville is not Saxonville of 2017, I think that Jacksonville's defense is better than Detroit's. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships. None of, neither of these teams are going to be having championship aspects at least this season. But I think this is the game that Detroit loses that they shouldn't. Jacksonville, 24, Detroit, 17. Give me the Jags, and I hope to God that I am wrong. LaVisca Chenault's going to find the end zone. Uh, Chris Conley is going to find the end zone. AP will find the end zone, and so will Jones and Galladay each. I don't think Hawkinson finds the end zone this time. Stafford throws two picks. Minshew through, throws one. Jags 24. Lions 17. Is your final. And then this in this season's podcast for Apple. Usually I would do the hashtag rapid fire games, which when I have a guest on the show, it's not necessarily rapid fire. We do break down the games. But because of the COVID situation, I have canceled that for this season and replaced it with a bold prediction on the NFL this week. And this week, my predict, my bold prediction on the NFL, and there isn't a whole lot there, Atlanta gets their first win of the year. They, they rise up, and that's kind of their, that's been their slogan. They hashtag rise up from getting rid of Dan Quinn. Raheem Morris has had a 10-6 and six year in Tampa. Granted, after that, I believe he had two straight 3-13 seasons or something like that, and Josh Freeman turned out to be a fraud as a quarterback. But Raheem Morris did have a 10-6 year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bold prediction this week. Atlanta gets their first win. Minnesota is a four-point favorite in that game. But I think Atlanta gets their first win of the season. 24-10. I think the defense finds a way to get turnovers and not blow a game. In fact, I think this game is tied at halftime. But both teams are... Both teams look like they should be better than what they are. And, of course, no, and I don't think that Julio's playing this week, so it's going to be hard. It's definitely a bold prediction that I'm making. But, nonetheless, bold prediction for this week is Atlanta will defeat Minnesota for their first win of this season. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and put a wrap on the Apple edition of the Tom Green podcast for the Lions-Jags preview. For those listening on Locker Room, as always, we'll have the last two minutes for final questions and whatnot before we put a wrap on this for the weekend. But for those listening on the Apple side of the Tom Green podcast, thanks for listening to the Lions-Jags preview. And hopefully you've enjoyed another edition of me ranting for 29 minutes straight about the Lions on the Tom Green podcast.